Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Stay tuned to episode number two of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary, as we have a roundtable discussion with two first-year seminary students. afternoon and welcome to another edition, a special edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. I'm your host, William Hill. Confessing Our Hope is a weekly podcast of the seminary with an eye on topics of a theological and practical nature. We are distinctively Reformed and confessional, holding to the Westminster Confession of Faith without apology. In studio today, I have the pleasure of welcoming two first-year students to Greenville Seminary, and they're on today to talk about their experience as to why they decided to choose to come to seminary, why did they choose to come to Greenville Seminary, and some of the ins and outs of what it means to actually move to a location that they have not lived in for most of their lives, and to undertake this serious work of education and laboring in preparation for the gospel ministry. So in studio, I do have Mr. John Blevins and Mr. Jim McCarthy. Guys, welcome to the program, and I'm glad to have you here. Oh, thanks, Bill. Thanks, glad Bill. to be here. Good, glad to have you. Um, let's start with John. John, tell me a little bit about yourself. What, um, what's some of your background? Did you, were you raised in a Christian home? I was. I was raised in a Christian home. I actually wasn't a, wasn't a Reformed home. Uh, actually, when I was younger, I even went to a Christian private schools uh, up till about middle school. Uh, from Georgia, that's where we moved from. I'm actually going to have my birthday into the month. I'm going to be 31. I've been married for almost 10 years now to a wonderful wife, Taylor. I have two little boys, uh, J.C., who's six, and Benton, who's four. Um, we actually made the move up here right before fall semester started. Uh, so made the move up from Georgia, which was a big, big deal for us uh, as far as what we had to take care of. Uh, but we did enjoy it. A little nerve-wracking getting started mm-hmm. coming up here, uh, not knowing anything about the town and uh, not knowing anybody other than you know, one or two people. But, sure. Uh, yeah, it's always difficult to move. Um, I've done it myself a few times just for career purposes, and it's just uh, they say moving um, three moves is equal, is, uh, equals one fire in stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving I, is no fun, especially yes. when you pack up an entire house. I understand totally. How about you, Jim? What was, uh, what was your experience and background? Uh, well, I was raised in a church-going home. Uh, I grew up in the PC USA. Um, I uh, became a Christian in seventh grade. Uh, my theology was was uh, was uh, very Arminian in nature. Probably till uh, <clears throat> my freshman year of college, which is when I uh, discerned started discerning a call to ministry. Uh, I met my my sweet wife in college, and we got married shortly after. After college, I worked as a teacher for three years uh, with an eye towards seminary. Uh, was looking at a few different possibilities and decided on Greenville. Great. Now you, you mentioned you just got married. What were you? How, how long were you married before you came here? We were married uh, May first, two thousand ten. So I, th- I think we're still newlyweds, but about a year and a half. 
Yeah, well, in some people's view, you're probably still newlyweds. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so you were raised in the PCUSA. So how did that help frame your theological state? And, and, and how did that help or not help, maybe, as the case may be, when it, come, when it came to making a decision to come to Greenville? Well, let me start with how it didn't help. Um, I had no foundation, un, foundational understanding of God's sovereignty, of my own sin and depravity. I'd never heard the gospel preached from the pulpit. Um, I had no understanding of what it even means to be Presbyterian in terms of our polity. Uh, for uh, how it helped, the greatest help, uh, the greatest uh, gift was a demonstration of God's sovereignty and goodness in in mm-hmm. rescuing me from the PCUSA. Mm. Um, he, he, I went, even went to a PCUSA college, uh, Eckerd College, Florida, formerly Florida Presbyterian, and uh, it was there that um, an ARP pastor came and taught the gospel to me and mm. told me what what it means to be Reformed, what it means to be Presbyterian. Great. Now, John, you um, you also indicated that you're married. How long have you been married? Uh, almost 10 years now. Okay. And since you're both married, I, I guess I'll I just drop this question in both of your laps, and we'll kind of run with this for a few minutes. Um, being married, the decision to go to seminary certainly was made, I hope, with uh, <laughs> strong counsel and help and assistance from your wives. How did that help you in your decision? Let's start with John on that. Well, actually, the interesting thing in regards to that is uh, when I did feel, uh, begin to feel the desire to enter the ministry, uh, to spend my life you know, preaching the gospel, uh, what I didn't know at the time was that my wife was starting to feel the same thing as far as what I should be doing with my life and she as my wife should be doing. Um, so one day when, when I actually told her, you know, honey, this is you know, what I'm feeling, um, not really fully understanding what it all meant, she just kind of looked at me and smiled. She said, I can't, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I've been think, thinking and feeling the same thing. Uh, and that was encouraging because it could have gone the other way and that would have been uh, kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, my wife, it's been interesting. I mean, I was, um, you know, it's been several years since I've felt called, and it's been a long and somewhat bumpy process. I mean, at one time I even kind of ran from it for about a year, tried to delve myself into work, and uh, you know, I wanted to find out if I really, if the Lord was calling me, or if I just really, if I wanted to be a pastor. And she was there the whole time, and, you know, praying supportive said you know whatever it is the lord's doing here you know i'm gonna back you um, she's you know been pretty incredible in that sense uh, i i don't know how i would be able to do what we've done as far as changing everything about our life mm-hmm. without her being supportive yeah and it certainly is a big life change jim how about you um you certainly have been married a little over a year and a half or so now and how did your um wife help you with the decision Mm. well when jordan and i got married she knew that um i wanted to be a a pastor um she so there were no surprises there um i actually do have to say i would not be at greenville if it weren't for the counsel of my wife Mm. um i had been accepted uh, to westminster california and i was sold on westminster and um my wife was a little hesitant about leaving the South, and we're from Florida originally, so moving 
all the way across the country. So she jumped on the OPC's website and looked at their recommended mm -hmm. seminaries. And she said, hey, Jim, what about this little school in Greenville? And I said, in Tennessee? And she said, no, South Carolina. So, so, you had, so you hadn't heard of Greenville Seminary at the time? I hadn't heard of the city of Greenville. Oh, so. wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we packed up the car and we scheduled a tour and we came up and met with Dr. Piper and went out to lunch on our first visit and uh, instantly fell in love. And both of us very quickly um, had a, a God-given peace that this was where we were supposed to go next. That's great. Now... Certainly the decision to come to seminary is a little different for both of you. Um, John, you have children, right? I do. How hmm. many? I have two sons. And Jim, no children no. at this point? We have a dog named Winston. Okay. Not sure the dog probably helped much, <laughs> except for maybe uh, getting housing where you could have your dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, John, for you, uh, moving your family into, uh, with all the concerns of employment, finances, and how we're going to pay for all this, um, and having children, how, it, how did that impact your decision? It was difficult, you know, Bill. We, had, um, have, a, we have a home back in Georgia. Uh, it's uh, kind of Forsyth County, Gainesville, coming area for anybody that's familiar with North Atlanta. Um, you know, obviously we had you know, commitments there, our, our home church, you know, our boys who were, you know, they're six and four now. You know, at that time they had really just started to develop friendships. And uh, we had started uh, my oldest in a uh, classical program. So we really were going to pull them out of whatever world that they knew, you know, the house that they had lived in their whole life, uh, that they had, you know, that they knew of, uh, their friends. Everything was going to change. Uh, I, I do have a, at the time, I had a brother, younger brother that lived here in Greenville. So that helped out. You know, we're mm -hmm. going to go visit with uncle. And uh, we do have some, I have another brother in Spartanburg. So we, I tried to rely on that. But we, um, once my wife and I felt that this is uh, what the Lord really wanted us to do, we basically just decided that, um, you know, the, the children, uh, we're just going to have to bring them here and make the best of it and just pray that they will uh, make the transition. So we brought them up here and kind of did a Greenville fun day. We went down to the uh, Reedy River Park oh, sure. and mm -hmm. took them all around and said, this is come on, guys, Greenville's the greatest place to live ever. And so we kind of really sold them on it and got them excited. <laughs> well, it is a nice area. I mean, you do have downtown Greenville, and uh, I've only been able to be there, go down there once myself. But then you have the mountains as well mm -hmm. close by. So there's plenty of things to do for with your kids and family outings when you get free time um, you know, to do those kinds of things. Now, let's back up a little bit. There was, um, you know, we live in the United States, obviously, and we have plenty of options. Uh, we feel called into the gospel ministry in some capacity. Um, we know we need seminary education. Why Greenville? Why not some other school? Let's start with Jim on that. Uh, well, yeah, that's a great question. Um, like I said, I, um, I was looking and very interested in Westminster, California. I loved their commitment to the standards. Uh, I loved their, um, like I said in the introduction, unapologetic approach to Reformed theology and to Scripture, um, so that was very appealing to me. Uh, what really what really sold me on Greenville, well, there are a few things, I'll be brief. <clears throat> um, I, uh, first off, love the emphasis uh, on language, that the, the seminary values uh, incredibly highly, uh, that we need to be absolutely comfortable in the Greek and Hebrew so we can interact with the text in the original language. Um, I think 
that of all of the leading reform seminaries in the country, Greenville actually requires the most language for their MDiv students. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was attractive to me. And now I'm in it. It's very challenging, but it was uh, at that time very attractive. Mm -hmm. um, I also like the small school. Uh, I, my college was less than 2,000 students. I love being in small classrooms where I can interact with the teacher, where I know the teacher, they know my name. Um, you know, like I said, uh, the first time my wife and I came, uh, we got to go out to lunch and spend an hour and a half talking with Dr. Piper, um, where I know a friend of mine that actually just got accepted in the covenant um, was not able to meet with the with the with the Dr. Chapel at that. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's a, everyone's busy, but it is the benefit of going to a smaller school. Is right. there's sure. just a uh, more personal interaction. So yeah, I think those are those were two very significant. Also, um, the emphasis on preaching. Mm. Um, I'm not really interested at this point unless the Lord changes uh, my heart on it um, or calls me in a different direction. I'm not interested in teaching um, uh, at a seminary institution. I, I want to be a I want to be a preacher. Mm. Uh, and I think of all the schools I looked at, there was no school that would be uh, that would be better at preparing me for that. That's right, and it certainly is one of you hit you hit it on um, one of the uh, main emphasis of the school is to prepare preachers. I mean that's what we do, and and it's not um, there's no um, mistaking that. It's all over the website. It's in the catalog. So it, you're absolutely right about that, John. What about you? What why Greenville? That could have gone anywhere. Well, I guess to maybe to make a little bit more sense of it. Yeah, I'd mentioned um, myself, I'm 31. Um, the Lord actually, though I grew up in a Christian home, uh, the Lord didn't save me until uh, my junior year of college. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, <laughs> uh, my wife and I were uh, both uh, converted around the same time, but uh, ended up meeting each other about a month later. It was wonderful providence because we were able to kind of both start out as babies together. And uh, in the beginning, I didn't do the best job of leading her to uh, maybe solid material. Um, but we, we met, and I knew that uh, I wanted to, to marry her and spend the rest of my life with her. I was a junior in college, and uh, so I talked over with my father, and um, I basically left school uh, and took a sales job. And uh, that way I could earn some income and go ahead and get the you know, family started and support her. Now, w when I did that, obviously I didn't you know, finish school, um, so I got started. And it was a few years later that I felt the Lord call me. And during that time... I would say that my theology was whatever. I mean, it was nothing. I was what was on the radio. I read my Bible. Didn't make much sense. I uh, loved the Lord, but I was confused. And uh, through God's providence, came across some guys like you know R.C. Sproul, listened mm -hmm. to him on the radio. Uh, and actually, as I was trying to interact with people, uh, pastor, trying to get in touch with the pastor of the church we went to and find out, you know, what should I do? I feel called. I mean, I need some help here. Uh, got in touch with a relative, and the relative, uh, her husband was out at uh, another uh, seminary. It was actually um, you know, a Baptist, uh, non-denominational type seminary, and he had, he had asked me flat out, he said, well, you know, are you Calvinistic? And I didn't know what to tell him. I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, I need to know that before I can recommend any seminaries to you. Mm. you know, we were just doing email exchange, and so basically just Googled it. You know, what is Calvinism? And it uh, popped up, and, you know, Lord blessings, I guess, because I've been listening to Sproul or whatnot, had been transforming my wife and I. We read over the five points, and mm -hmm. so I emailed back and said, yeah, it must be seminary language. Of course <laughs> I'm a Calvinist. I mean, everybody is. And uh, so then he, he had recommended, um, you know, where he, 
he thought I should go. And from there, we started getting the ball rolling. But uh, originally, we were going to do distance and um, go after, you know, with my age, uh, had the qualifications, was going to go after a B-Div, actually, Bachelor of Divinity. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stay back home in Georgia, and uh, we're going to do everything at distance. After, uh, you know, coming under care of my presbytery, I think it was about, uh, you know, two weeks later that I ended up providentially getting, uh, you know, laid off from work. My company just, I was in sales, and unfortunately my customers, there just wasn't enough business to support us. And the ball, these doors started opening over time. It was a real difficult time, but we could, we could see that an opportunity was presenting itself that we would actually be able to uproot ourselves from Georgia and mm-hmm. make the move. Mm-hmm. And after talking to Dr. Piper um, and letting him know our situation, I mean, he emphatically was, you know, if you're going to do distance, we're going to back you and we're going to do what we can as a seminary. But if you can move here, absolutely in, in any way, if you can move to Greenville, be on campus, you know. You need to make it happen. And so we just prayed, and it was unbelievable. The Lord opened doors, and looking back on it, I mean, it's a great, it's very encouraging to see see what happened. So we, we did. We, we made the plunge. We kind of dove off the deep end and, and moved up to Greenville. Um, but we chose Greenville as we were looking through. One, in the beginning, uh, it was exciting to see a solid seminary that had a distance program and also had the, you know, the B-Div offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, but what brought us there first before I realized any of the prerequisites of I was going to need to have, um, you know, a finished school or was I going to go finish school? I mean, all this was up in the air. What drove me and my wife to Greenville uh, was the fact that they were committed to Scripture. Uh, we loved mm-hmm. it that we had, um, you know, professors that were signing on the dotted line. Yes, you know, we, we believe the Bible is what it says, and we believe that, uh, you know, God created in six days. We're not going to waver on it. You know, you're not going to get in the classroom. We're not going to sneak attack you with anything. And we were excited about, uh, like Jim had said, I mean, I feel a passion to get out and preach and shepherd. And I want to just, you know, get involved, get in people's lives and proclaim the gospel. Mm. And Greenville, I mean, from what I had heard from other men that I respected, you know, they said, if you want to be a preacher, you know, Greenville is where you want to go. And their commitment to the standards uh, was very encouraging. You know, when we went from no theology base, you know, kind of the average American Christian evangelical to all of a sudden the Lord opened our eyes to a formed faith. And my wife and I are, oh, it's, it's amazing. It makes sense. I can understand. Oh, of course God's in control. Why did I ever doubt that? I mean, how could God not be sovereign? And so to see all that put together, and then you have the, you know, the standards, the confessions that we can hold each other accountable to. So we can't start wiggle rooming or people getting slack. And to have a school that's committed to that and will hold me committed to it, uh, it was it's exciting because um, it's a hard time. And, and when things get hard, sometimes it's easy to uh, slack off a little. So it's mm-hmm. nice to have that accountability. Sure. Now, both the, as I indicated in the beginning, both of you are first-year students. And so um, you have gone through what I, as a student, of course, uh, have gone through. Um, we, in fact, we share most classes, I think, together. Um, We'll start with Jim. What have been what has been your experience thus far? Um, is it what you thought it would be? Is it is it harder, easier? And, and in what ways have you have you changed or maybe even matured spiritually and intellectually as a result? Um, it is. We'll start with the positive. It is um, <laughs> it is more uh, nourishing spiritually. Uh, and more sweet than I could have ever imagined or hoped. So, um, to be going to class with 
not just uh, fellow classmates or fellow men that want to be preachers and pastors, but these are my, my dear brothers and friends, um, to be sitting under men that their job is not just to transmit this information and for us to be able to regurgitate. Their job is to shepherd us, um, to love us, to care for us, um, to show us firsthand every day in the classroom what it looks like to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the that aspect of seminary has been absolutely mind-blowing for me and my family. Um, and I do think I've uh, grown a lot in the short time I've been here, um, really just growing up and getting serious about it. You know, I think about all the time I've wasted. You know, I taught for three years between, taught high school, public high school for three years between graduating college and um, enrolling here. And I could have, that could have been such a profitable time for my preparation for ministry. And um, this is a serious job. You know, I mm. think some people have the impression that being a pastor is you just get, uh, you know, you get a bunch of Starbucks gift cards and you mm-hmm. you take people mm. and, you know, you're just kind of a, a paid friend. And um, there's an aspect of that that's obviously true, but it is a, a craft. And Greenville uh, is preparing us to be masters in our craft. Yeah. Um, yeah, you raise an interesting point. I mean, we're, we're being taught to shepherd and care for the souls mm-hmm. of people, um, and there is no greater responsibility. Um, yeah. I, I had heard a um, Bible teacher on the radio. I forget at this point who he was, but um, he had said that it's a job more, even more serious than the president of the United States mm-hmm. um, because of the the overwhelming long-term res- uh, results of what that work will do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's eternal. Yeah, eternal uh, yeah, there's two things eternal in this world, God's Word and humans. Everything else will perish. And so it is a very, very serious responsibility. Now, not to cut you off, but um, what have been some of the, maybe the negative aspects to being a first-year student? And I, Yeah, I wanted to, as soon as I said negative, I was like, that's not the right word. Um, I think challenging is probably the best. Uh, you know, my wife and I moved up here uh, from Jacksonville, and we transferred our church membership to Second Pres mm. um, here mm. in downtown Greenville. And um, kind of that, it's a good problem to have, but another one of the reasons we came to Greenville was that Calvary Presbytery, the PCA's presbytery here in the area, is, uh, I think is one of the strongest presbyteries in the nation. So that's just another reason to come. But for the first time in my life, my wife and I had too many great options of churches to choose from. And I actually think all yep. three of us attend three different PCA churches. Is that right? It is. We do. Yep. Um, so that was a challenge, picking of those three churches, which one was going to serve my mm-hmm. family and which one was I going to be able to serve in mm-hmm. return. Um, and the other one, most significant um, challenge, is balancing school, my family, uh, and being a good churchman. So the academic rigor of Greenville was something I was completely unprepared for. Um, you know, I, I had never heard of Greenville until my wife looked it up. This is some little podunk seminary with a few dozen kids that go to it. It can't be that hard. It has the last, uh, especially this semester, um, John and I were talking about earlier, but it has been the most uh, challenging uh, period of my entire life just in terms of academic mm. uh, rigor. Yeah, this is a semester you both get um, 
Greek and Hebrew thrown on top of each other in the same semester. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where the first semester was just Greek. So um, <laughs> it's very exciting. The good old days. Yeah, get used to it because it just, it just gets more exciting as we go. John, what about you as far as your experience here? First time, first year in seminary. Um, I'm sure some of the, uh, the um, experiences have been somewhat the same as what Jim had talked about, but how have they been different? They have been some similar, but. We've also had, I've had a lot of different, uh, just with our situation. Um, overall, I mean, the biggest word that I can think of is humbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly humbling. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say challenging in a good way because it's it's a challenging that's forcing growth. Um, sometimes that's when it seems to be some of the best growth comes. Uh, but humbling in a way that, uh, you know, when you come here and you sit with the brothers that are around you and... Um, it's encouraging, but it's but it also at the same time, uh, it's very quick to say, "Hey, I'm I'm not the smartest kid on the block," mm-hmm. um, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't uh, I don't want to be in that place I don't, I, at any time. Uh, I was there at one time in the past, so it's not a good place to be. Uh, but it's also to sit under, as Jim was saying, to sit under the professors. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, we we start out our first semester, you know, our introduction to Reformed theology class with Dr. Smith. Mm. And uh, as uh, a giant, wow! Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, amazing. You sit there and you can't even absorb everything that he throws <laughs> out, and not just the lecture, but someone asks a question and the way he responds. And, and the, the scary, depth, and the scary, amazing. and the scary thing is, he's not even throwing everything he could throw Mm-mm. out. Mm-mm. So no, our heads would probably explode. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we haven't. We lost we some good expanded. men in that class. Yes. Uh, so that has been great. Now, some of the differences, uh, challenge-wise, you know, maybe some of. You know the other men that have families with children, you know, have children. You know, saying I came up due to the fact that we needed to rent our house and we need to do some different things. I came up early and uh, I got here and I was working, you know, forty hours a week. My wife and children they were finally able to move up, um, and I was working full time, going to you know class, studying, um, trying to do the best I could to be a good husband and uh, to be a good father. And that was it was challenging to do the work that you needed and keep mm. a good attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time to be able to, to, to take all this and say, you know, this isn't just an academic uh, routine. You know, I'm not here just to put a bunch of facts in my head. I mean, I'm being trained. Yeah. That's, 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 I'm what, being trained that's to a, shepherd. That's a fantastic souls. outlook. Um, and Jim, it's, I appreciate um, that. yeah. Mm. So it, it, it's Sometimes you just have to step back and realize, you know, look, this is only going to happen like you I, I, I can't remember which one you said earlier, but it's only going to happen by God's grace. That's that right. We're going to get through and then we're going to be used by him. So to be able to step back and say, you know, I need to quit putting all this, you know, thinking I'm the one that's going to mm-hmm. make this happen. Um, that's been a challenge, but getting there. But it's been wonderful. I mean, we get together with other students and our uh, faculty for prayer meetings. Oh, that's been wonderful to be able to just pour my heart out and mm. uh, and to lift up their needs and they lift up my needs. Um, God has been faithful. I've been able to, uh, you know, cut hours back because, um, you know, not even ask, but support has come my way from, from people that I never would have expected. Uh, that's really, it's made, made it where we can as a family focus on what we're here to do. Well, that's interesting you raised that issue because certainly going to seminary is not something we do for free. Um, you know, just like everybody else in the world, we have bills to pay. 
We have things that need to be bought, mm. uh, groceries. Uh, you have children. You have to take care of them. You have a dog that needs dog food. Um, <laughs> you know, so I you have, have a dog also. You, oh, well, that's even more. But <laughs> you, you look at that and you say, well, how am I going to pay for all this? Go to school full time and, mm. and study. Because mm. going to classes, as I'm sure you would agree, is just half the it is, I would say not even half. I was about to say maybe less than half. Um, there's the out of classroom work and diligent studying and Mm -hmm. papers writing and uh, papers to write and, and, and on and on it goes and it seems to never end. Um, but yet bills got to be paid and, and things got to be taken care of. How is the Lord Jim taking care of you in that regard? Well, the Lord has taken care of me firstly by giving me a Proverbs 31 wife. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. My uh, my wife is my sugar mama right now. She uh, <laughs> she uh, she gets up before the sun, uh, and she uh, she goes into work, works hard all day, comes home exhausted. Usually, uh, tries to you know put a meal together, and um, so that's the my first answer to that question is that my wife is willing to uh, to support me while I'm living the dream and um, get to pursue seminary full time. Um, I think the other way, um, I was listening to the program that you guys, the program with Dr. Piper last week, and Dr. Piper was talking about the difference in the way Greenville raises money, where Greenville raises 70% and expects its students to account for 30% of the annual budget. And um, that was actually one of the, just a significant, realistic um, draw to Mm, Greenville mm -hmm. was that I, uh, I cannot afford to be spending forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a seminary education, mm. and um, not only is the Greenville program mandatory four years minimum, four year program for your MDiv, even if you're going full time, sixteen credit hours a week, which we have now, um, it compared to again the leading reformed schools. I can give the you know I've done the done the research. Uh, the leading reformed schools, Greenville, is the cheapest of uh, mm. RTS of Westminster's of Covenant. Even Puritan, um, Greenville's uh, one hundred and fifty dollars a credit hour is just uh, sounds like a advertisement pitch. But I mean, it's it's an incredible blessing that. Well, in some sense, that's why we're here. <laughs> in some sense, it's an incredible blessing that sure. that we are not going to leave seminary um, with with unrealistic amount of uh, of debt. So, um, yeah, that's those two things. I think. Yeah, and Dr. Piper, certainly, as you indicated in the last um, broadcast of, uh, um, that we did just the other day, um, mentioned that. And it is, I mean, let's, we have to be practical. And the reality is, bills got to get paid. Mm-hmm. Things got to get done. Jim, how is, um, or I'm sorry, John, how is um, the Lord taking care of you in that department? I think one of the things that we need to remember, uh, any of the men that maybe are out there listening and thinking about it, is there, first off, you've got to, rely and trust that the Lord is going to make mm-hmm. this happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he has called you, it's going to happen. Either he's going to bring means your way, or he's going to give you opportunity to raise means, or both. Um, I, I definitely believe that, without a doubt. Uh, now, at the same time, that doesn't mean that I think you can you know, throw everything to the wind and move mm-hmm. to Greenville, and hey, the Lord's going to work everything out for me. Uh, like I said, I, I moved up here 40 hour a week starting out. Uh, my sending church uh, was gracious enough to offer to pay for uh, my tuition is, is the way that they would back us mm. and support us. Mm-hmm. And once we got here, uh, you know, I have, as I mentioned, a six and four year old little boy. So my wife's, uh, you know, she has a full time job. She's a mom mm-hmm. and she homeschools uh, and I help her 
uh, when I can. But, you know, she is during the day, she's working uh, with our boys. Uh, so when we moved up, I was taking classes and uh, I had, you know, my tuition was being uh, was being helped um, taken care of with my sending church. And I was working 40 hours during the week in the evenings. And uh, we got a phone call out of the blue um, with some friends of ours from back home. And uh, they basically said, you know, us and another family or two of uh, we'd like to just offer something to help you not have to work 40 hours a week. Hmm. And me and my wife cried <laughs> and cried because it was, you know, we weren't going around asking people. It was just, we were praying, God, please, I mean, we've got to do something. You know, I don't know how we're going to keep moving. And he did that. And, you know, of course, we have family that helps us in different ways that uh, support. And, of course, the prayers that we get from others uh, is probably even more so than the people that are helping us financially. But, sure, uh, I mean, we do. We live uh, way tighter of a budget than we ever have before. But it's helped us to learn, one, that uh, we, didn't, we didn't need everything we thought we needed in the mm-hmm. past uh, to live. And uh, it's also opened up a, maybe a window that I think is going to help me and my wife when it comes to uh, you know, ministering to others you know, later in life. Um, we, we live in downtown Greenville, and uh, we've just another providence of God. You know, it was actually a church member over at Second Pres, the church that uh, Jim and his wife go to. Uh, we stumbled across them, and uh, they had a home that they were renting. Kind of, mm. um, And they, they, were, they wasn't on the market. And they had mentioned that they were, you know, they were looking for and thinking about a seminary student. And then I just happened to give them a call. So little things like that, that mm. it's almost, you know, I mean, I had, after I got, I had a company car when I got laid off. And so now we were stuck with one car. And this was before we moved up here. And I had, um, you know, my pastor, associate pastor came up to me and he asked me, he said, you know, I, would a Ford Explorer help you out? Would a car help you out? I mean, it's a little old and, and a little beat up, but. Oh, well, you have no idea how I that would help me out. some of your friends, John. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my my pastor, he, I mean, what, how incredible, you know, sell me a car for a dollar. I mean, just things that when you tell people, they, mm. they can't believe it. That doesn't really happen. That's what, you know, that's what they write in books to try to, you know, sell things. Right. But it's unbelievable to watch God work in such a way. And then, of course, for me, whenever I get to the point where I think I'm about to break, I just start thinking about, well, God's done this. God's been faithful these people are making these sacrifices and, you know, stay up a little later and try a little harder. Yeah, it's just like, you know, when we read through the Scriptures and we see that um, mentioned about remembering God's goodness in the times past and the things that he has done for his people. And what you just said is so true even today. It it applies today as much Mm -hmm. as it applied then. And we look back and we say, well, things are tight right now and we're struggling and finances are really running to the bottom of the barrel. But, you know, Mm -hmm. the Lord is always taking care of us in one way or one shape one way, shape, or form, and um, and and so we just trust that we we're we're confident in that the Lord will do what He said He's going to do. One of the things that you mentioned um, earlier was you know you talk about this the big decision to move and do all these things, and certainly asking the right questions in the right way, um, trying to understand what your needs are going to be and how to accomplish them. Uh, reminded me of a conversation I had with my wife, and when we decided to move, and uh, it was simply this: is that if this is what the Lord's called us to do, and we both think this is what the Lord wants us to do, we're not going to get all the way to Greenville, and God's just going to say, "Oh, I was just kidding," mm-hmm. and leave you there hanging. Mm-hmm. That's just not our God, and so we just have to trust Him in, in one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, and let Him take care of the details. And that's one thing, in fact, I typically say to my wife when we start having those moments where we wonder what's going to happen next. We just say, well, look, those are just details. Mm. 
and that's God's job. And we just try to be faithful with what we know to do mm-hmm. and not try to borrow trouble from tomorrow because it's certainly we can do that mm-hmm. and do it very easily. And, and you're, you're, you're right. It's a sacrifice. Uh, it, and, and the reality is, is the training at seminary is a lot like the training is training us for the job the work of ministry that we're going to eventually, Lord willing, have. It's not likely that most of us will get a huge church and with a large salary, we'll probably have a medium-sized, a small congregation with low income, and but that's fine. Lord it, willing. Yeah, and if that's what we, and if we pick this career, this path, hmm. uh, because we want to make money, we picked the wrong job. <laughs> Yeah. So with Wait, that what? said, let me uh, let me There's ask no you. Bentleys and Jets. Yeah. Well, no, not at all. Well, let me ask you this question, and then oh, we'll um, you know kind of wind down here. Uh, obviously, the goal, the, the the idea of going to seminary is a means to an end. Um, why the ministry? Why not something else? We'll start with Jim. Why did you feel the Lord just you know placing on your heart that this is what I need to do? Well, when I went to college, my declared major was biology. I wanted to be a doctor. And about halfway through that first year, I started working with the campus ministry there. And Lord just made it very, very simple. Um, He removed any and all desire to do anything else Mm -hmm. except ministry. So, um, you know, I know for some brothers, it's a little bit more of wrestle with the decision process a little bit more. But um, since I was 19, um, God just really made it really easy for me <laughs> and yeah. just removed any and all desire for anything else. Sure. So. How about you, how about you there, sir? <laughs> it's interesting the way Jim said that. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, when the Lord saved me in college, um, I was kind of your poster boy for. I don't know, a, a raging pagan. I mean, I was, you know, living in a fraternity house. I was an alcoholic, womanizer. I mean, it was bad. And the Lord saved me. I met my wife shortly after, and all my fraternity brothers uh, basically thought it was her fault. So, <laughs> poor girl took the brunt <laughs> sure, of it. Sure. You know, it couldn't be God's fault because he doesn't, you know, obviously. That's crazy. Um, but moving forward from there, um, once several years later, when I did feel called, it was a it was just an incredible desire I couldn't get away from that I wanted to preach the gospel and I wanted to proclaim the gospel and whatever God would graciously whatever battles He would let me fight, I wanted to be in them. Mm. Um, and I wanted to, and this may sound strange, but I wanted to get my hands dirty and be in people's lives and shepherd them in, in a way that, you know, if we end up being, and most likely, like you've already said, no one's going to have a clue who we are 100 years from now. You know, they're not going to be studying books about us, or at least me, um, in seminaries down the road. But if the Lord wants to use me, burn me up, you know, put me on fire, however it is, get me going, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I couldn't get away from it. And it was a little bumpy for me. Um when we were, it was several years it took us to get through this process. And mm-hmm. at one time, like I said, I mean, I, I literally, I, I walked away. I told my wife, I said, for a year, I'm running after work and I'm going to see if I just want to be a pastor. Um, if I just want to be the one who's up there, you know, preaching or if God really does. And by the end of that year, I felt you know more, more of a desire 
to do it than I ever had before as far as just getting in and, and diving in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when, you know, we kind of started making the moves we did, but I, um, I humbly say that I, I without a doubt in my heart, I, I feel that I, there's nothing else I could do. If I did anything else, I think I might go crazy. Mm-hmm. It scares me to death to think about doing it. Um, and I, that's why I'm so thankful God's sovereign and control. Yeah. Um, I don't think a week goes by in my own thinking as it pertains to this, that maybe somebody else should do it. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. But then I just have to come back to the things that we talked about earlier and mm-hmm. thinking back about how God has sovereignly and providentially mm-hmm. paved the way through this this course, even at my age of life, mm-hmm. um, and uh, to which I'm thankful, um, and the church ought to be too, because when I was young, I was, well, <laughs> I would have, it would have been interesting. Anyway, Jen, did you have something else yeah, you want to say? Uh, I just wanted to kind of echo what John was saying. Um, I wanted to also elaborate a little bit on mine. The, uh, I think all of us, one of the draw, ways that God's drawn us into uh, pursuing vocational ministry is that there's been uh, men in our lives that we've seen that we want to be, mm. you know, um, mm-hmm. that God has put these older brothers in our lives to show us the way and um, to give us a taste for the effect, like John said, that that shepherding has the, the powerful effect mm. that that can have on the, on the life of people, in the life of people. Um, I know my uncle, um, my youth pastor, I mean, these guys, when I need them, they're the guys I go to because they have the truth. Mm. They know the truth. Um, and they have the words of life. So that where else would I go? I know for me, a defining moment in my life, um, I was uh, holding my grandfather when he died. And in a weird way, it felt right. I want to be the guy that gets to escort, you know, gets to be mm-hmm. there yep. uh, as people. I want to be the guy they call when sure. someone's sick and dying. I want to be the guy they call. I want to, uh, you look at pastors as they are baptizing these covenant children. Um, in a way, ushering them into, visibly ushering them into the covenant. And it is, uh, what what greater occupation is there? No, I, I agree wow. with you. I mean, I think back, dovetailing what you said, Jim, um, I think back over my life at, at people that had the biggest influence. Um, nobody else knows who they are, but I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And God used them to accomplish things that may not have happened had, God, had they not been faithful to do what the Lord wanted them to do. Mm. And uh, they may not have been pastors necessarily, but they were people that were important to me. Um, I looked up to, I respected, and um, there's a lot to be said about that. Well, gentlemen, let me ask you this question as we wrap up tonight or today. Um, How can the listening community pray for you as a student in a general sense? What things come to mind real quick? Oh, wow. Um, As far as, you know, prayer would be concerned, I would greatly appreciate uh, any prayer. Uh, for myself, you know, that God would just do the work that need that he knows needs to be done to make me what the man he wants me to be, mm. to put me where he wants to put me, and that I would be excited about his will. And, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, uh, for my wife and family, and mm-hmm. I'm sure all the men would agree for our professors in the, in the seminary, you know, pray that, that we stay true. I mean, you know, a hundred years from now, and I hope someone else is, you know, sitting in the seats doing whatever they're doing in a hundred years, you know, spreading the news about a faithful Greenville Seminary. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a lot else to add to that. I mean, it's pretty perfect. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, for my wife, 
um, mm. you know, she is, uh, she's tired. She works hard. So uh, for my wife, uh, for our sanctification as individuals and as a student body, you know, mm. uh, we are sitting on a diamond mine of theology. Mm. Um, but it means nothing unless it's brought by men um, that are recognized by their love. So uh, we need yes. the uh, the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts as we continue to to dive into our studies that it is uh, it's coupled with humility and it's coupled with uh, with love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it, it reminds me of a lecture we actually were all in on this morning about pursuing godliness. And um, I'm reminded of a man who told me that your godliness, your, your personal Christian walk with the Lord will precede you into any pulpit. Mm. Uh, you can be the most gifted speaker. You can be the most eloquent orator. But if you're not godly, it doesn't mean anything, and your people will notice it and see it. And um, if we really want to shepherd God's people in that way and point them to the Savior, which is our ultimate desire, not point them to the pastor, not point them to the elder, but point them to the Savior, um, we need to emulate the Savior Amen. as yes. best we can. And, um, and I know that that's one of the missions of this school. They're committed to that. We have professors on staff that are all ordained ministers who have pastored in churches and know what it's like to be there and to do it. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for your time and for your desire to be on and to oh, talk no. about Thanks these things. And no, to, thank yeah, you, to, Bill. To I'm be sure honest. There's a lot more uh, better qualified and <laughs> better men that could have been chosen. <laughs> well, you thank know, you for it, the. Uh, it's very kind. Yes. And. Uh, I think in some way it's helped me get to know you even better uh, doing this. And um, uh, we'll just commit to praying the Lord's will for all of our lives in this endeavor. Mm. And, uh, you know, grateful that you came to this school and uh, for sharing your experience with me today. So thank you. Well, that has been a discussion with two individuals who have uh, chosen to commit their lives to serving the Lord in uh, his kingdom here at Greenville Seminary. Um, There are other fine schools uh, to attend, and as you sit out there and you're listening to this today, you may uh, be wrestling with the actual call to the ministry and the responsibilities that come with it. Um, Think hard, carefully about that, and prayerfully consider what the Lord may have you uh, do in that regard. Uh, As always, you can contact the school at gpts.edu. That's our website. It's simply GPTS for Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Dot edu and as you if you have any questions about this podcast uh, questions comments criticisms inquiries you can write us at confessing our hope at gpts.edu that's confessing our hope all one word at gpts.edu coming up next week lord willing we'll have dr nick wilborn on to discuss his lecture material on the horge uh, the the hodge Thornwell debate. You know, I made that same mistake last week uh, on the episode as well. It's Hodge Thornwell debate. And so those of you in the reform world know exactly what I'm referring to. But Lord willing, we'll have him on next week to talk about that. So until next week, when we talk with Dr. Nick Wilborn, we thank everybody for listening to this edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.